Uh, talking a little bit of Big Ten football today, Purdue in particular was media day down in Indianapolis. Ryan Walters got a chance to speak, as did the Purdue rep players uh, down there in Lucas Oil. And we sent Jerry Jesselitis, the host of the Hammerdown show, to Indianapolis. He joins us now on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Good afternoon, Jared. Hi uh, there, Kyle. Long-time listener, first-time caller. How are you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, generally, you're listening to yourself uh, talk into the uh, microphone here in the padded studio uh, with the air conditioning that I mentioned. Um, not often calling in, however. Uh, glad you got a chance to go down there, though. What did you learn about the Boilermakers today? Well, I'll tell you what. First off, breaking news. Everybody is excited about their team. Yeah, uh, yeah you, wouldn't, you wouldn't figure that, but everybody. It was a unanimous thing. You know, we can't get together on anything in this country but that. Um, you know, we didn't learn much. We tried to learn a lot. I yeah. thought it was a uh, a common theme here too. When uh, you know, Coach Walters was up on the uh, podium. They give him like thirty minutes, uh, not even that, like fifteen minutes, and and they talk, and then they take a few questions. Uh, and uh, it, we, even before that, we had a little bit of a chance just to some of us local media types to talk with Coach Walters and try to get a sense of what this team is going to look like, what issues are facing this team heading yeah. into camp. Uh, and guess what? We got nothing, mm-hmm. my friend. I mean, we tried just about everything. What would you call this defense? What does this defense look like? Uh, what about uh, so-and-so? Uh, is he going to be healthy? And, I mean, blanketed answers, complete shroud of secrecy. The only thing I think we heard was, I, I believe, uh, somebody told me at one point he did say that um, Marcus uh, Bowe is going to be moving to tackle? Or no, mm-hmm. was it to guard? Uh, but it, maybe that that's about the most information we got here. They are playing this very close to the chest. Now, perhaps some of the players, Hudson Cards, Sanusi Kane, uh, TJ Sheffield, who are just getting up to their podiums now, maybe they'll have a little bit more to say about this. But uh, we're trying to figure out. We couldn't even figure out what like the base of this defense would be. Mm-hmm. Is it like a 3-4 to the 3-5-5? Is it, is it something really cool we've never even heard about? And he said it's just. It is what it is, and it's you know they're they're playing everything very close to the vest right now. Three five five would be uh, an interesting defense. Uh, I think they'd be penalized, but hey, it's worth a shot. They probably could play pretty well. Uh, just joking with you, Jared. Um, look, yeah, I, I agree. I think that you know oftentimes, especially new coaching staffs. And look, if it were me, I wouldn't say a lot either. <laughs> like, me neither. If you're if you're asking me about injuries, and I know you know Gus Hartwig is one that people are concerned about. I'd. I know that GoldenBlack.com and Tom Deanhart has reported that he's not going to be ready at the start of the year. It's a significant injury that Purdue had to deal with last season and then to its starting center, most likely at the beginning of this season. But yes, he is playing it very close to the vest. I I think that creates a scenario where you start training camp here in less than a week and you just feel like you don't know a whole lot about Purdue. That's pretty accurate, isn't it? Yeah, and that's kind of where we're trying to get a sense. Uh, I even brought up the fact that you know, nobody ran more zero coverage last year in college football than Ryan Walters, and it wasn't particularly close. So, you know, I had a chance to ask him. I said, listen, can I expect that same kind of aggressiveness? And uh, he he really liked it. He's like, well, I was actually shocked by that, and we're just going to do whatever the defense or the offense is uh, kind of given to you. We'll adapt to that, and then it went right into, you know, that answer. We, we didn't even ask him about Gus Hartwig and, and about the injuries, and he was very noncommittal about that. The only really concrete thing that we got today is that there has not been an elevator in the south end zone mm-hmm. for over 100 years, and yeah. it's not going to be ready for kickoff. That everything else, uh, somebody did ask about the stadium renovations, and he said, you know, hey, listen, 
we're in constant contact. The tunnel should be good. I think Tom actually asked that question. Uh, tunnel should be good, but uh, don't expect an elevator in the south end zone for mm-hmm. kickoff versus Fresno State. So, sorry, buddy, you're going to have to hoof it up there. Yeah, I mean, it's good that the tunnel will be ready to go. We didn't want the team to have to stand outside during the game. That would be problematic for Purdue, it would seem. But look, those things always, to me, tend to look like they're a little bit behind, and then all of a sudden it gets done, right? And I would anticipate that I'm not even, I don't even know that they are behind. It just looks uh, like you're like, uh, the kickoff is in five weeks. Uh, (laughs) Things are going to have to be finished by then. So, so it was an interesting question, interesting answer, too, uh, there by Walters. Talking to Jared Jessalitis on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline here on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Um, you know, Purdue is coming into a situation where it has a new coaching staff, has a new quarterback. Uh, it did win the Big Ten West last season, but a huge amount of turnover. It seems like this Purdue team, and Ryan Walters in particular, is embracing the idea that Purdue isn't the headliner down in Indianapolis this week and sort of fly under the radar uh, a little bit. And maybe he feels like he's got a couple of guys out there uh, in Hudson Card and Nick Scourton, former Nick Carraway, uh, who can compete at a really high level and will give his team a chance to win some games this season. Do you get the sense that he sort of likes this underdog type of role? A little bit. He, you know, he did bring up Nick uh, at one point too as a uh, guy that you know he really likes uh, what his potential is. You know, he's uh, had made the comment. He's seen the tape on him, and you really see the flashes of what can make him uh, really elite. And he seemed to think that he, in particular, is going to be one of the guys that really benefits from the way they're going to run this new defense. Now, how exactly that looks again, we don't really have a clue. But uh, you know, if you listen to the show, you know I'm I'm very big on uh, Skeraton there and uh, what he can do. Uh, I've been a big believer in him ever since uh, he did signing day, and I saw that tape. Uh, he certainly showed you some flashes, uh, but uh, it, it seems like Ryan Walters feels like this defense, in particular the way that's got set up, is going to play to some of the strengths of some of the stronger guys on that defense. And, and uh, you know, the former Nick Carraway being one of those guys that should be the beneficiary of it. How much talk was there about the, the quarterback for Purdue? <laughs> You know what? There really wasn't any questions about it. Um, any any regards to the Hudson Card were basically, hey, you did a great job in the recruiting portal, going out there and getting, uh, you know, one of the uh, top guys in, in Hudson Card. Um, I, I did talk to a few other people that had uh, conversations with Hudson earlier on. Uh, they were more of a fan uh, type uh, person there, so they're very impressed with him. Uh, seems very gracious. They're very excited about him being the quarterback here. But uh, anytime it comes up with Ryan Walters, it's uh, it's seemingly like listen. I think he said this in his uh, in his up front there. Um, you know, he's a good, he's a great quarterback. We they got a lot of potential that they see in him. But to also remember, he's um, he's not played a whole lot of football, yeah. right? So as uh, as great as we all think that he can be. Uh, that's something to remember. He hasn't exactly put in a lot of reps. However, I am standing on a field where in about uh, a month or so, there's going to be another kid who uh, didn't get a whole lot of reps uh, in his uh, collegiate career, and now he's yeah. parlayed that to a rather massive deal and a starting job in the NFL. So, you know, anything could happen. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Big Ten, of course, uh, seven of the coaches today, seven yesterday. Uh, I would imagine that a lot of the conversation, I heard most of it today, uh, was centered around uh, cultures, 
and football programs, considering what happened at Northwestern, um, and some questions, at least according to uh, one story about uh, P.J. Fleck and, and Minnesota and, and how he handles his program. There were some questions for Ryan Walters, uh, which I thought he handled about as well as you could today and how you sort of handle being a first-year coach. Especially, I think it can be challenging being a first-year coach and being a young first-year coach when you're trying to establish sort of what the rules are for your program, what is allowable, and certainly what what is not. And he took the high road in some ways, saying that, you know, there are allegations and he wasn't there, which is all true. Uh, but what did you think of all the conversation about uh, culture and, and hazing and sort of where we are with all of this at the start of the 2023 season? Well, I would say this. There were a lot of interested people uh, wanting to talk to P.J. Fleck today. And P.J. Fleck came into the building, and as soon as I got here at a little after 9, he was already hitting, like, Radio Row. I mean, up and down, wanting to get his message across that, you know, these things. He, he said it a couple times uh, during his upfront there, that, you know, these are baseless. Uh, you know, it's a couple allegations uh, that he didn't feel were uh, accurate. Uh, he was directly asked what the Fleck Bank was and what Fleck Coins were, and I thought that would just be a made-up thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, uh, it, it, it turns out it was a real thing, but it wasn't like a physical thing. This was like something brought up at a meeting, and it's a metaphorical-type thing uh, that it really didn't exist. Uh, he, you know, he handled the questions pretty well. You tell he had a little bit of a prepared statement below for it, yeah. and uh, it, it went through it. Look, I, I read that report yesterday. I don't think there's anything that's terribly new in there that we haven't heard before uh, when this stuff got raised a couple of years ago. Uh, I talked to a couple people here um, that seem to think the same thing, that this is kind of old news, and it's maybe a couple of people, one or two, that have a vested interest in in, uh, not liking P.J. Fleck to bring this stuff up the day before uh, the Big Ten media days. Uh, But, you know, compared to the Northwestern stuff, uh, if the story even had any legs, which I don't think it does, um, it's gonna not. It's just gonna fall into the background, much like you know. I did not hear anybody today bring up the Iowa gambling, and it doesn't sound like anything really came up a, a ton yesterday about it. Um, everybody's very focused on Northwestern. It seems like there's you know, like Jim Harbaugh got off a, a little bit easy today uh, with his questions, but uh, it's no doubt it was uh, something that a lot of coaches got asked about, and uh, rightfully so. I mean. It, with the stories that have been coming out here, it's it's you know folks folks want to know that they're running a program where these kids aren't being uh, taken advantage of, uh, mistreated like that, and it's just it's a good reminder. It's always a good time to get a refresher on your policies as well, and uh, that was something too that you heard PJ Fleck really hammer out like six different ways to report this kind of stuff, and you know the university handles things, and every football player has the athletic director's phone number they can call that in, so. Um, he really did answer it pretty darn well, Kyle. I don't know how much legs that story's going to have and if you know a whole lot of it really gels into anything. Yeah, I've talked a lot about Fleck uh, over the years on our old show and, and elsewhere, and uh, you know, I, I think the shtick is a little bit goofy. Uh, but the things that I've heard about Fleck as, a, as far as a criticism is you know, promises made and promises maybe not kept, but that doesn't rise to the level of what we allegedly have seen at Northwestern. It might irk players who then, who then go on to say some things, uh, but not the same thing as, you know, some of the hazing stuff 
that we Correct. have seen reported for sure. Uh, I know this is fresh. You just had a chance to talk to some of the players, uh, but did anything jump out to you um, in, in your conversations with them just a couple of minutes ago? Um, you know, not much. I, I only got just a little bit because uh, as uh, uh, right before we we're coming on, this is when most of the players were starting to jump on to uh, to, to their booths here. Uh, I got a little bit of downtime with some of the guys. There's some argument over uh, New York pizza. They're you know very very loose. Seems like they were having a very good time here. Um, you know, my big thing is I, I wanted to get a little more time and talking with TJ Sheffield here just about what this wideout core is going to look like. Um, again, with, you have a new offensive coordinator. We're going to talk a new system here. Um, it didn't exactly have a lot of depth uh, coming into this year. You got a new quarterback on top of that. Um, so. How does that all shake out? Yeah. I was shocked. I didn't realize this, but you do realize who the returning leader in passing yards is for Purdue, right? Uh, in yards? Yeah. Uh, is it uh, Sheffield? No, it's uh, Yassine. With, he is one for one, and I believe that's like for like four yards. Oh, you mean in terms of, of passes thrown? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so I mean, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me!" Like, yeah. and it made sense to me at the same time. And it's really—I I feel like we're not taking uh, the full view of just how, like, down to the studs this thing has been taken. Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe I want to temper my expectations a little bit here because uh, this is going to be tough. We talk about how hard it is during basketball season for some of these teams that are loaded with transfers, right? And we're. It, we're talking about five, six kids. We're bringing 20 transfers in here and a complete new system, new culture, all of that. Um, and I'm starting to wonder here, maybe we set the bar a little bit too high, and maybe that might not be fair. Well, you got to win in September, and you got to win in November if you look at the schedule, and then hope that you can just survive uh, October uh, a little bit. And if you can do that, uh, then maybe you can have a positive season, get to six victories. Uh, you know, my expectation is not astronomical. If you can go six and six, chalk that up as a victory but to get there you've got to win some early games and then likely need to win some games late in the season because october and that stretch run is going to be uh, a difficulty i think to say the least but uh jared like you and like all the coaches today and yesterday i'm excited about the season <laughs> uh i i am as well it's it's definitely been an interesting day here is uh I see Harbaugh is, uh, I believe that's Harbaugh up on uh, one of these stages. He's got a very big uh, press gathering here. You want to know who the rock star, I think, of the day was, who uh, seemed to hold the largest audience for the longest period of time? Matt Rule. Mm, uh, yeah. It seemed that the press was very interesting. I, I sat in on his thing for a while, and he. And I talked to a couple of Nebraska people, too, who just say, they love him there. And it's like he's like a regular guy. He doesn't come across as it's you know this is too little for me or I'm too big for this. They say, listen, you can go down to a certain bar basically every Friday or so. You can probably run into him. He's sitting at the bar, just having a yeah. beer by himself, like being a regular kind of guy. And he's definitely come off like that. Um, he's certainly impressed a, a lot of national media here uh, today. And uh, like I said, he, I, God, he probably sat at that booth maybe for like at least a half hour. And I don't think anybody got up at any point and left i mean he had them in the palm of his hand it was uh that was pretty impressive well nebraska's an important team to the big 10 i know we we sort of uh, rag on the Cornhuskers and did during the scott frost era certainly uh but it's an important team because of where it's located because of its history uh because of in the in the 
now defunct uh, East and West. It mattered to the West, although uh, the West will dissolve without Nebraska having made a whole lot of noise. But it's it's certainly an important program to the Big Ten, and we'll see if he's finally the coach that's able to get that thing turned around. Hey, Jared, I, I know you've got some other things to wrap up there. Appreciate the time. Uh, I'll keep the seat warm for you for your return tomorrow. Not too warm. Make sure you turn the AC on. Keep the lights on. I'm not trying to walk into a sauna on my Friday, all right? <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Kyle. That's Jared Jesselitis. He usually sits here, the host of the Hammer Down Show, joining us on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Some audio from Ryan Walters from today. We'll do that coming up next on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017 The Hammer.